Well, David and Shannon, thank you so much for for joining us and, and being with us here at the OCA podcast. I know our um, Southern Indiana uh, ministry leader, Kimber Graves, speaks so highly of you guys and how your church has um, has been a huge support of OCA and how you all have um, stepped up as um, as the the pastor's family and as the the leader of Vienna Baptist Church. Um, so if if you guys could could talk just a little bit about how you began engaging with OCA and what that looked like at Vienna and, and really what caught your attention um, to begin saying, Hey, this is a ministry. It's a, it's a different ministry. Um, but it's a ministry that, that we really want to begin engaging with. Sure. Um, we were introduced to Darren and Stacia several years ago now, and um, they, at the time, Cliff was on board with OCA and they came and presented and just shared. And you could just see the passion and the love for these children, these kids, whether it was foster care, adoptive care, whether it was mentoring, whether it was to just come alongside and offer respite care for those that were there giving of their time and, and, and just sacrifice to, to come alongside these children that were in desperate need. And we said, that is the right thing to do. It's the right time because we know that in our culture now, especially in the, the Kentuckiana area, there are so many kids that just need to know that they're loved, that someone actually cares because from day to day, they don't know what's next. And, and that, that that's just such a hard place to be for, for any young person. And so OCA was, was doing the right thing and, and still today are doing so many wonderful things to come along these families and help. And so we knew that God's hands were all over it and we wanted to be a part of it. If I can uh, share just a little bit. So a member of our church um, was really good friends with Darren and Stacia. And David calls those, he said, there are no coincidences. There are only divine appointments. And you just never know who you and your network is going to be able to serve um, in the future. It's kind of a cool thing to see. And at the beginning, we thought that we would have maybe a greater or a stronger role with OCA. We loved their mission so much and really adopted it. As, as David said, it, it fulfills the biblical mandate. We know we knew as the church, it's our job and our role to help care for the fatherless. And we have felt like the church over the years has given up that role to the government. And we're grateful for the social services that are there, but that doesn't get us off the hook. And OCA just, it fills that gap and allows the churches to have a role that is so meaningful and, and fulfills the biblical mandate. And so we started having meetings with um, OCA and other members in the community and trying to get connections going. And those, the connections didn't, it didn't, it didn't follow the vision that we had in mind, but it's so cool looking back over the past five or eight years that we've had a relationship, we've been able to pull on those connections that were made and connect OCA with other organizations and other families that have been in need. Um, as we've counseled families that are dealing with troubled children <coughs> or children in the, foster care system. We've been able to refer to OCA. It's been a beautiful, really kind of long-term relationship with our church. 
Yeah, I, I love what you just said there. In a sense, it's it's been a cultivation of many different things. And as we were talking earlier, um, you guys were telling me, and, and I think Shannon, you said, um, I don't feel like we're we do much with the adoptive or foster care um, space. But t- tell me more about what you mean there, because you guys, what you just said was, we're doing a lot, and we're doing more than you know, and sometimes more than, and it's not a competition, but more than others, right? And there's always a space. I don't want to say more than others, but there's always a space. You're finding your space. Tell me about what that, when you say, I don't feel like we're doing a lot, because I think a lot of people say that. Well, there's always so much more to be done. There's always so many more people that can be helped. And if we get in the mindset of saying, well, somebody else will do it, well, then nobody else will. And so every church that's out there today, every single congregation has something that they can do, whether it's maybe they, they have some great resources, they can provide diapers or bottles or baby beds or car seats or clothes, something, everyone can do something. But as, as you look at it and you see the need is so great and we see how alone we can't do everything. We do what we can, but there's always that, that niche that someone else can fill that gap and come alongside and go, oh, yes, we can more than do that. And that's what I think that, that makes us stronger because we are always stronger together. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people miss that piece because they don't realize we can do this. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, we can do this. And, and so yeah. when, when you look at it from that context, yes, we point people to OCA. And yes, we have a passion for it. But if we're, only, if we're alone, then, then we're going to miss so much. There is a really, there's a biblical principle that little is much when God is in it. Hmm. But in our, our humanness, we want, we want to be able to do all the things and fix all the problems. And I think we wanted to have many families in our church that all jumped on the safe families board and, and that um, hmm. wanted to be life coaches. And, um, and over time, there are some who are, and it's just neat to see how God has said, yes, that's a great vision. And I know that we're in alignment with what we should be, but here's specifically how I want to use you in this situation and in this little situation over here and this little situation over here. And as a church, we have decided um, to allocate a mission dollars to OCA so that even if we can't mm-hmm. physically or we, we don't provide physical families for all the needs, we can direct the dollars and OCA can help uh, be supported in that hmm. way. Yeah, what a, what a beautiful statement you made, you made there. Um, I think you said little is, is more or, or something to that extent, right? And, and, I, and from my understanding, you guys had to, over the last couple of years, you guys have had to recognize that a, a little bit more in your own personal journey as you navigate a little bit of space from my understanding is is you guys are recognizing, Hey, we need to begin making space so that we can have more. I don't know if you want to take a few, few minutes just to tell about your own personal journey. Cause even through your personal journey, you're still navigating and loving and caring um, for foster and adoptive families in your church and through OCA. But you guys had, um, you guys had kind of a remarkable, um, just a change in your own lives and hearts uh, starting a couple of years ago, if if I'm correct, if you guys wanted to share that a little bit and how that yes, kind of plays into things. Absolutely. Um, well, two years ago, 
um, specifically. It was the Sunday after Easter. Um, leading up to that, I'd been dealing with some some chest pains and, and things of that nature. And, and as a type A personality, just chose to ignore it, thought, um, I'm too busy. I don't have time to deal with any of this. Well, the Sunday after Easter came around and I was feeling really rough. And I went ahead and, and preached that Sunday at church. Shannon can attest, and she can tell you a little more about that. She had the medical personnel from our church on standby. We have an AED. She had somebody ready to go with that. She thought I was just going to go down at any moment. Well, I made it through mm. the service. After the service, it went from bad to worse. Mm. And I will let Shannon pick up here and, and tell you what happened next. Yeah, and just to continue to set the stage, if there are other pastors or churches that are listening, you know, the, um, the stress of everyday life, in fact, all American families, we're dealing with way too much stress. And again, trying to do it all. And that's the situation we found ourselves in. And I thought David was having a major massive heart attack. Um, we get in the car to go to the emergency room that day, and he becomes unresponsive on the way. I had to pull the car over, call 911, start CPR, but realized he did have a little bit of a pulse and was breathing, um, but he was totally out. He was unresponsive. And when he came to, he was extremely confused and paranoid, and it was a bizarre several hours as they checked out his heart, and it was fine, and they started checking out his brain because he was acting strange. And when everything settled down, we realized he had amnesia mm. and he did not remember the last eight to 13 years of our life. And um, the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with him. Um, and they said most likely it was caused by years of cumulative stress. And the brain finally said, if you won't stop, I will stop for mm. you. And David describes it as someone took an ice cream scoop and just scooped out his memories. He didn't remember our church, didn't remember being a pastor there, didn't remember our home, didn't remember our dog that's going crazy over the trash truck in the neighborhood at the moment. I mean, he didn't remember everything from the last eight to 13 years. And we walked a really scary journey um, of really deciding what is important and what isn't important. And okay, God, if ever there was a wake up call, if there was a sign from heaven, this is it. We see it. We recognize it. David, I don't know if you want to say something about life with amnesia before you tell the end of the story. Sure. Well, so life with amnesia, it was challenging to say the least. It was frustrating. I don't want to paint it as a rosy picture at all. And in, in, in our humanity, I'm like everybody else. And my first thought was, why is this happening to me? Hmm. But very quickly, I came back to the conclusion, why would this not happen to me? Who am I? Am I any better than anybody else that, hmm. that life doesn't happen to me? No, not at all. And I told Shannon, I said, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this. But if God can use it to reach one person, then so be it. And, and through all of it, um, I was emotionally detached to everything because I didn't, I didn't know our house. As Shannon said, I didn't know the church. Um, if you can imagine walking into to your home where you live and not knowing where anything is, it's as though it were the first time. Um, I kept referring to it as her house. I said, your hot water heater is leaking. You need to call your plumber. And she said, mm -hmm. well, our plumber's number is in your phone. And, and so it was, I didn't know where mm -hmm. my clothes went. I didn't know where 
anything in the house went. And so we at the time lived on a homestead. We had acreage and an organic garden and chickens. And there's our crazy dog. <laughs> and so it was, it was a lot to try to get used to. Um, and the, the other really difficult part of that is in my mind or my recollection, my kids were still in car seats and very small. Well, they come walking into the room and they're not very small. They're, they're, they're little young men. And, and so that was, that was difficult. And I remember looking in the mirror and I said, when did I get gray hair? <laughs> and so that, wow. was, that was a shocker. Um, but just trying to figure out life. And we had some really intense conversations about where do we go from here? What's next? What's life going to be like? And, and because of that emotional detachment, we were, we were able to put everything on the table and say what, mm. what truly matters. Because in, in our lives, sometimes we do a lot of really good things, but sometimes those good things get in the way of doing what God really wants us to do or, or what he really wants us to be. And, and so we were able to just put everything on paper and say, what of these things is going to matter in a year, five years, 10 years from now? And um, I'll let Shannon pick up from there and, and continue on. Yeah. Can I, can I pause real quick? And Shannon, you may hit this. If you do, I apologize. But from my understanding, the amnesia, but there was, yes, you lost the memory of all those things, but there was a, a deep connection still with spiritual stuff, right? There was still a memory there. And I think Shannon, you may begin hitting that. So if you do, I apologize. So keep going, but um, fill in the Absolutely. blanks there for me, right? Good stuff. So we actually wrote a book Okay. called One Thing Remains, about yeah. this story. And because life with amnesia is so bizarre and interesting and not something we hear of very often. Nope. But also because we the amnesia season lasted 26 days. Um, God miraculously restored his memories in an instant. It's mm. such a wild, fun, amazing, God-glorifying story that the memories came back. We weren't sure they ever would. But we learned through the amnesia season and shortly thereafter, five huge life-changing lessons. And yeah. our goal and our passion is to help other people learn these lessons without having to lose their mind in the process. We took one for the team for you and now learn from- <laughs> well, Thank you all, through. thank you all, that's so nice. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but the one thing remains, in answer to your question, Jonathan, refers to the biggest lesson of all, there was one thing that David did remember. Mm. He didn't know anything about our um, recent current events. He missed all the Obama years. He didn't know Donald Trump was president. He thought my iPhone was should have looked like a Blackberry. Um, he didn't recognize current music, didn't recognize his Bible. So his mm. understanding of so much was 10 or 12 years in the past. However, when he talked about God's word and the principles of mm. God's word, he was present day David. He mm. remembered scriptures that he had studied in those eight to 13 years. His mm. character was the same. The word of God flowed out of him as if there was no difference in who he was. And we saw that God's word truly does remain. It doesn't just land in our memory but it implants itself deep within our soul and a place that can never be taken away. And we have this huge passion to help other people know God's word is alive. Mm. The Bible says it's alive. David and I have been in church our whole lives. We know that it's alive, but we saw it in a mm. very real supernatural way. 
And we want to encourage the church and any believer to spend time in God's word. Because no time that is in God's word is wasted. In fact, it is eternal and it does something in us that can't ever be taken away. Mm. That's just incredibly beautiful, just in a sense that through it all, through 26 days of not knowing that your sons were old grown men and, and not nece- and not knowing your wife and thinking a flip phone was should have been the phone. Um, <laughs> you know, there's something about God's sustaining word in us and moving that, you know, in, in a sense of, you know, you go through this for 26 days and even after it, tell me about things just snap back in place and it's everything's Normal. We oh, yeah, these are my sons. These are, this is my wife. This is my house. I do have my plumber's phone number. This is who it is, right? Um, it was, it was very bizarre. So I, I remember, you know, we, I was asking Shannon repeatedly, do we ever get away? Because I was so freaked out with the whole situation. I knew I just, we just had to get away. I needed time to just regather myself, time to pray, time to focus but away from everybody because it was so strange. Here's all these people from this church that I, I had relationship with at some point that I did not remember at all. I didn't remember the baptisms or, or the weddings mm. or the pitching dinners or any of the you know times for counseling, none of it. And so here's all these people that knew me and had relationship with me, yet I didn't know them at all. So I said, we just need to get away. And so, so some, some good friends of ours, blessed us with a trip to get away. We went to Florida. And so every morning I would go out on the balcony of the condo where we were and and just read my Bible and pray and and watch the sun come up and just listen. So I did that every day of the week. Well, the the Friday morning I did the same thing. And when, you know, when you stand up too quickly and you kind of start to to fade out a little bit, that's Mm -hmm. how I can describe it. But it was instant. I stood Mm -hmm. up and I blinked and everything was black. And I went, oh, is this, what is this? Is this now? So I just put my hands on the rail and it felt like an eternity. It was maybe 10, 12 seconds, but I'm standing there. And then, you know, when you hit your funny bone and it it gives you a jolt, well, it was like that, but it started at the top of my head and just rushed through the bottom of my feet, that that tingling sensation, like a zap. And I blinked again and everything was back. It wasn't a gradual fade in like a movie. It was, I blinked and everything was there. And I was thinking about church stuff. Hmm. And so Shannon and the boys, they were still in their beds inside. And so I ran into the condo and I said, Shannon, Shannon, I, I think my memories have come back. And she says, are you kidding me? I said, why would I kid you about this? I said, ask me a question. Ask me something. And she said, I can't think of anything. I said, you're not helping me. <laughs> so finally, she said, um, who's Donna? I said, well, that's Christy's mom. And those are members of our congregation. Mm-hmm. And then we just stood there and wept like babies. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it's such an incredible just thing, how God sustains you in that. And one thing that I, that I hear you guys say, and, and I'd love to, you guys to expand upon this a little bit, the slowing down process. And I think that I, that I heard that a bit, but even as, you know, as we talk about OCA and foster care and adoptive care or whatever you step into there, the slowing down process to hear all that God wants for us and he wants to do through us. Um, it sounds like that began even more so of a journey for you guys to slow down, especially as you, David, you said this type A personality, and it sounded like so much stress, right? Overwhelmed the mind. And there's something about 
slowing down and being able to actually discern that voice and feel that, um, that makes it difficult, but expand upon that a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. You know, a, a lot of times when you ask someone, how are you? The common response is busy, right? And we yeah. almost wear that like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. We're busy. We're so busy. And that can be a stumbling block for people to get involved with OCA because I'm too busy, mm-hmm. right? That's a lie from Satan. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be busy. It's not a badge of honor. It's not a good thing at all. That's not what God wants. It, it, God, Jesus said, I've come to give you life to the fullest, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so busyness is, is not anything but a replacement of what God has for us. Mm-hmm. But when we can take everything and put it on the table and say, what's going to truly matter in my family? What's going to be my legacy? What's going what, what's gonna to be something that I can give glory to God? Is it my busyness? Or is it if I can go and, and mentor a young person, if I can be a safe place um, while, while a, a parent is in rehab so that their kids feel safe and loved and mm-hmm. secure, what can I do? And, and that's a prayer that we should all pray. Lord, what can I do? How can I serve? And it might be something that you've never, never even thought of yet that God says, how about this? And you have that light bulb moment. And, and so for us, as I said earlier, we put everything on the table. We sold the homestead. And so we got rid of the acreage mm. and we moved into a neighborhood. Um, and now we went from acreage to three tenths of an acre, right? But that did, that freed up a lot of time because now mm. I didn't have to bush hog and, yeah. and tend the garden and tend the orchard and, and handle the chickens and all of the stuff, right? None of that was bad and it got in the way. And so when you can, when you can ask yourself those questions, what, what are, what am I doing? What is really going to matter? What is the legacy I'm leaving? Was it a godly legacy? Was it a heritage that blessed the lives of others? Mm. Um, did, did I lead someone out of a, out of a place of darkness or did God use me to lead that person? What can I do? Mm. And, and God will amaze you with what you can do. Yeah. We learned through this that, God doesn't intend for any of us to live a stressed out life. We don't Mm -hmm. glorify him through our stress. Mm -hmm. We glorify him through obeying what his calling is for us in this season. And so often we carry over the priorities of the previous season into the current one. And as Christians, we need to say, what is God calling me to right now? How can I serve him? You know, we said at the beginning, we wanted to do all the things for Mm -hmm. OCA. And God said, no, but I've called you to do this in this Mm. season. And right now we have one family who is fostering in our congregation currently. And so we're pouring into them and being a safe place for them and providing support and a listening ear and love and prayers. And today, I think someone from OCA is dropping off a goodie bag on our porch that we're going to be able to give to them. That's, Mm. That's how we can serve in this season and um, not get stressed out and overwhelmed in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's really good. I'm going to pause real quick because the timer is running out. I didn't realize that the time would run out. So let's all, um, if we can hop out of this meeting and then hop back in, because I want to finish this, if that's okay. Sure. Okay, cool.